With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller, Brandon Bunston, Dan Sanremita here with you on this Tuesday, at least as we're recording, maybe not when you're listening, but it is Tuesday as we're recording to discuss Wednesday's NBA playoff games. Brandon Funston, what is happening, my friend? Oh, I'm not a whole lot. We were just grousing about the jazz, blowing uh, it to the Mavericks. Jazz. I had... I had the uh, money line parlay on the favorites, and it was like plus one seventy or something mm-hmm. like that. It seemed like a good one, you know. And the other yeah. two teams came through, and the and the Jazz are the other been, the other two yeah. came through very easily, and very they, easily, very yes. easily. And then the Jazz, like ridiculous, ridiculous. It's, I don't know what to say. I mean, just Max Kleber. Jalen Brunson, if you let them do what they did, you, you deserve to lose that game. I didn't so see 66 from those two. <laughs> no, but. Neither, neither, <laughs> neither did I. Dan Santaramita, did you see 66 from Jalen Brunson and Maxi Kleber coming our way last night? <laughs> no, but Jalen Brunson, man, I, I mean, this is, as a guy from our neck of the woods, Beller, he's uh, yeah, he's having yeah. like he's one of those guys that just like seems to be a, a winner, and a hard player, and you know mm-hmm. he plays hard. I mean. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like the skill set may not be elite, like, lottery pick talent, but, man, he's getting it done. Yeah. One in, hi- no one in high school, Stevenson High School, Buffalo Grove, Illinois. One in uh, college at Villanova. And now, huge, huge game and going to win in a big way this offseason, yeah. you guys, because he is yeah. an unrestricted free agent. So he's going to be a big winner this NBA summer. Let's find some big winners on this Wednesday night slate, you guys. We've got three games, Celtics, Nets, Sixers, Raptors, Bucks, Bulls. We are living in the Eastern Conference on Wednesday night. Let's start off with Celtics and Nets. As things stand right now, when is right now? Well, right now is just about noon Central Time on Tuesday, April 19th. The Celtics are three and a half point favorites. 226 and a half is the total on this game. Funston, why don't we give you the honor here? Your honor, your honor. What do you got for us in this game? Yeah, this is a, what I've been told is a TYG, which is a trust your gut kind of pick here. Oh, okay. But this feels like a series that might split both, uh, you know, home and away, like mm-hmm. for Boston. Like this is going to be a 1-1, then a 2-1, then a 2-2. I feel like it's just going to go back and forth. The first game was tight. Uh, maybe Boston pulls it out, but if I'm getting three and a half, I'm going to go ahead and take the Nets here. I think it's either a Nets win or another really tight game. Yeah, I mean that's like the, my first my first instinct was Celtics minus three and a half, but I'm starting to I'm starting to shy away from that as uh, as just it's just this is going to be a great series. I mean, like what a what a horrible draw for the Celtics that they were the unlucky ones to get the Bucks in the first round uh, because of just 
how top heavy the East is outside of the Bucks. Like every other matchup feels so much more comfortable. And so the Celtics, who I think for my money are the best team in the East, are really going to have to fight their way to get to the second round in a way that Milwaukee, despite game one, probably won't have to. The Heat certainly don't look like they're going to have to. Uh, the the Sixers definitely look like they're not going to have to after uh, taking the first two games of that series with complete ease. So really rough on the Celtics here. And Dan, that's sort of where your bet takes us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm vibing with Funston pretty strong on this one. I, I think, yeah, anytime you got three and a half points in this series, I'm probably just going to take the points. It, it looks like every game is going to be close. And that's why I think this game's, uh, this series is going seven. You can get that at plus 175. Now, granted, that means I think I like the Celtics probably to win the series because uh, if, if Brooklyn's going to win, I right. think it's a better chance they do it at home in game six. But yeah, I think every one of these games you could you could see being a toss up, and I'm gonna get 175. The toss up ends up being three three through six games. That's great. Let's do it. So this game just went oh the game one I should say just went over what the game two total is the ten game two total two twenty six and a half. And so that's where like as I as I shy away from the Celtics but still feel like they're the better team, I find myself gravitating toward the total on this game and you know we like the Celtics, you know, a very very good defensive team, but with everything that the the Nets can throw at you, I mean, right? We saw like a, a pretty poor shooting night from Kevin Durant, but then you had a, a very good shooting night from Kyrie Irving. You had some of the role players stepping up in big ways for the Nets in that game. And I just feel like even though this is you know not a, a game that is going to pace its way to 227 points, I still want to lean toward the over on this one. So I think that's the pick I'm going to lock in for this game is over 226 and a half. I think there's just too many scoring options. You expect a little bit of a bounce back from Kevin Durant. You know, Boston had a pretty good shooting night. All the individual players had a good shooting night. No one had a great shooting night in that game. I, I think you add it all up, and this is still going to be a, 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 a series that is won by the offensive greatness of some of the individual players rather than team defense or anything like that. And frankly, team offense, as we saw in that last possession uh, for Boston, leading to the Jason Tatum uh, layup at the buzzer. So I'm going to go over 226 and a half is my play in this game. Do either of you have a feeling on a, on a total or do you want to go to the next matchup? I like the over. I liked the over initially. And, you know, and you looked at, I think it's right. It's like, you can look at the defensive prowess of these teams but Katie and Kyrie, I, you just throw that out the window when a team yes. – because th- those guys will get theirs, you know. And I think Jason Tatum's getting comfortable in this matchup. And he's been over 30 and had a 54-point yeah. effort in in his last three games against the Nets. So there's a comfort level with these two because they've played a lot recently. So, um, so yeah, I would lean the over. And also throw out a player prop on Jason Tatum. Just notice that his assist prop was four and a half. He had eight. In the, in the first game of the series, he's been over in 7 of 8. It's minus 130, so it's juiced up a little bit. But over in 7 of 8, coming off a game in which he had 8, he only needs 5. He's been doing that a lot lately, so I like the over on that. Yeah, that's a that's a nice little pull there, Funston. And this is a game that, you know, we talk, I talked about this in, what, Nuggets and, uh, Nuggets and Warriors. This is another series that's uh, going to have a lot of fun props to take a look at. So something that we can circle back to as we get ready for these matchups on Wednesday night. The next game that is taking place, taking place at the same time, but the next game listed here just an hour later of a start, Sixers and Raptors. Right now we've got the Sixers two, up to, oh, one and a half point favorites, 216 and a half is the total. 
on this matchup. I, I'm going to be betting Tyrese Maxi threes. That that is not available yet, but I'm just going to. This is like I got into this groove with Terry Rozier in the regular season. I got into it with Trey Young in the regular season. Uh, until until Toronto shows me that like they're not going to let Tyrese Maxey uh, go for three threes a game, I'm probably just going to keep taking the two and a half. And so uh, that's something that I'm going to be looking at. Don't have the line for it yet, but that's definitely something that I will be taking. I've got another play for this one, but uh, Dan, why don't you take us through your picks? This game is just weird to me because you watch the first two, and and look, Philadelphia just crushed them, right? It were, wasn't really competitive in either game pretty early on. Uh, we don't really know the injury status uh, for some of these big Toronto guys. Like Gary Trent Jr. tried playing and only played 10 minutes. Thad Young played eight minutes. I don't know how many he would normally play anyway, but guys that were doubtful, he's tried to play and then didn't didn't put in big minutes. Scotty Barnes didn't play. Are we going to see him? These are things like with the injury report, I'm going to be watching before I make any, any picks against the spread because the home crowd changes things, especially Philadelphia. It wouldn't surprise me if they took their foot off the pedal a little bit. Uh, but one and a half points for a team that's already won pretty big. I don't know. I kind of lean Philly right now. Yeah, I'm with you on leaning Philly. It's almost a pick em when it's one and a half. And in that case, I'm going to look at these two. Who's the better teams right now? And, you know, I was I was doubting on Philly going in, but I wasn't expecting Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris to be such big, you know, contribute. I mean, Tobias, he's and both those guys are capable, but they've really kind of seemed like they've sort of aligned very well. And so I, I will take uh, Philly to cover the one and a half as well. And I'm with you on Tyrese Maxey. I'm going to go points, rebounds, and assists, which is only 25.5, and a half right now. He's been over uh, in five of his last six, including three straight and uh, three straight over Toronto. So He's almost done this in points alone. He had 17 combined uh, rebounds and assists in his last game, but I mean mm-hmm. he's been he's been putting up close to 25 in each of the last three games. So I like I like that an awful lot. When yeah, Fonson says and, PRA, I'm in, man. Yeah, well, OG and Obi, right? OG and Obi in this yeah, last, in the last game between these teams, he went he did it on points. 24 yeah. and a half was the mark. He had 26 points in that game. I should look throwing the rebounds and assists for free. We'll see how much they raise that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am going Sixers also. Like, I always like, yeah, get in my head sometimes with, uh, like, like, sort of like what you were saying, Dan, like one and a half. Why, what, what, in what world does it make sense that this is a one and a half, one and a half point spread? Yes, we're going to Toronto. Gary Trent Jr. was able to play, give it a shot. Maybe he can play his something of his full complement in game three. But, like, no Scotty Barnes for a team that was already, like, the less talented team for a team that was going to have to, you know, win this series with a little bit of guile. Like, where do they go? Where do they go from here? Two games, they've been absolutely dominated the first two games of this series. And it just, it feels like, you know, it feels like this is the Toronto team that we saw for the bulk of the season. Where, you know, I mean, they they needed a late charge to you know get to where they were to get to the five seed. For so long, it looked like they were going to be in the playing tournament, and then for so long, it looked like all right, they maybe they can get out of the playing tournament, but they're going to be behind you know Chicago and or Cleveland, and they you know both those teams really took a skid down the stretch, and Toronto played great basketball down the stretch, and. You know, there you go. You you turn into a five seed, and you get to be one of a, a chic pick that fools guys like Brandon Funston into picking you to win this series. But <laughs> I just like this is still like this is like we're seeing a a 
big gap in between how good these two teams are. And so like the Sixers minus one and a half, the line scares me a little bit because I feel like it should be even with home court, like three and a half or four, something like that. But I'm going to back the Sixers here. I think that we're, I think we're looking at a, I think we're looking at a gentleman sweep. You guys, let the Raptors get <laughs> well, game four at home. It just needs to be re, you know, restated that the loss of Scotty Barnes is, of course, is pretty huge. Of course. It is. You know, it that is. was a big difference. I'm just giving factor. you a hard time, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be out there. That was, uh, yes, there was new information that became, yes. you know, came into play here. Yes, that definitely uh, changed the series, changed the outlook uh, of the series. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we all saw the Bulls making that a, a game against the Bucks, right? We all saw the Bulls being like a, a Nikola Vucevic mistipping away from maybe stealing game one, didn't we? We all knew that was going to happen. We all knew that when the Bucks went up, well, like ten to three, something like right. They've scored the Bucks nine scored the nothing, first nothing, I think. Not yeah, nine nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we all saw. Oh yeah, Bulls are definitely going to make it right. That was what we said on this show before game one of the Bulls Bucks. <laughs> that was what we were all feeling. Oh, you know, it's funny. I actually, I actually, so the Bulls, like, right? They, I mean unbelievable defensive effort by this Bulls team in game one. And to come back from getting buried in the first quarter, down 13 in the first quarter, basically I was ready to say, all right, that's the series (laughs) right there. Uh, Unbelievable defensive effort by this team. But still, when the Bucs started to put a little bit of distance in between them and and the Bulls in the the fourth there, got up to a seven-point lead again, I was like, ah, still might cover this nine-and-a-half here. (laughs) That did not happen, but we're looking at the same spread. Bucks nine-and-a-half-point favorites in game two against the Bulls. 224-and-a-half is the total. Uh, Dan, I mean, this can't, like, as good as the defensive effort was on both sides, there's no way that either team plays as poorly offensively in game two as they did in game one, is there? Yeah, that's basically my thought is is you look at what happened and why. I feel like Milwaukee's, uh, I think they were 4 of 13 three-point shooting in the first quarter, which is fine. You know, nothing amazing, kind of standard, maybe even below, below average. And the rest of the game, it was far worse than that. I think it was, um, what, what was it, like 8 for 26. It was, it was something much worse was, than that the rest ter- of the yeah. way. I think 10 for 26 the rest of the way. So they were, uh, they were well below what... Uh, I think they could have been in terms of three-point shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think they had a lot of great looks in the second and third quarter and just stopped making them. And in the fourth quarter, I give the Bulls and Alex Cruz a lot of credit. He seemed to turn the tide defensively. Bucks got a little sloppy with some turnovers. But I'm watching it going, man, Milwaukee, if they don't miss those open looks they got in the second and third quarters, the Bulls don't make that run. And I'm not sure I trust the Bulls to shoot better as much as I am Milwaukee to shoot better. I think it's kind of a wash. I think both teams shoot a little better, and you get a similar type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that really terrifies me as a Bulls fan is DeMar DeRozan, does that mid-range game not work in the playoffs when everyone is playing good defense and Chris Middleton is on the other side shutting down either him or Levine? So I, I think, yeah, I'm encouraged with the Bulls' effort, 
but I'm I'm thinking the Bucks are going to get off to another hot start, and I'm taking the Bucks minus three and a half first quarter. I'm really upset because I texted a couple friends of mine for game one. I said, "Oh, here we go. You know they're going to get smoked. It's going to be double digit lead after the first quarter. I should have bet the first quarter in the first game, and I didn't. And I'm not making that <laughs> mistake again." <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys are the Bulls experts. You, you They're close to your heart there. So I, I I just don't have a good feel for this one. I probably wouldn't play it uh, either way. I, I think Dan's right. It's like if Milwaukee shoots a little better, they can they can cover this, you know. But if, if Chicago is going to continue to up the defensive effort like they have and, you know, maybe it's close, but it's, it's it, it feels like it's in that 8 to 12 point range, you know, in which mm-hmm. case – I don't really want to play. I don't yeah. want to really want to toe the line. If I think it's right on the line, let's just step away. I mean, if you're the Bulls, is your strategy in this like to just like pack it in? Don't let Giannis go for forty and force you know Chris Middleton, who is a great shooter, obviously. It's like, <laughs> Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, are you forcing them to beat you from from distance? I I, I don't know. I, I don't think they have an answer. They they can't stop. I mean, who can stop Giannis? Certainly not Vucevic and Patrick Williams. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you crazy? Uh, you don't think Nick Vucevic can can stop? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think that is the thing. I mean, these are two these are two these are much better three point shooting teams on both sides, frankly, yeah. than what we saw in the first game. It was ten for thirty eight for Milwaukee and seven for thirty seven for the Bulls. Like these teams are both much 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 better three point shooting teams than that. In fact, the fourth and fifth in in the league in expected three point percentage this season. And even if a lot, of, even if some of the Bulls' heavy lifting was done in you know like Thanksgiving through the middle of January in that stat, it's still a team that has a lot of shooters who can make open, who can make threes, who make make contested threes, make open threes. And so I'm I just I'm with you, Dan. I, I lean Bucks. I'm going back to the over though. I just think that both wow. both teams have to play so much better offensively in this game than they did in the first game. And again, like I think the Bucks can sort of like what you know, sort of like how the um, the Warriors Nuggets over hit for me. Like we're looking at it at a, at a total here of two twenty four and a half. The Warriors Nuggets over in game two was two twenty one and a half, <laughs> and the Warriors put up one twenty four of it. Right, like I, this could easily be like a like a one twenty four one hundred six, just like we saw in game two of the Warriors and Nuggets. I think that's the sort of game that we get here. I think like sort of what you said, both teams shoot a little bit better and it's just the same sort of the same sort of distance between the teams but at a higher scoring level. I think yeah. that's what we see in this game because I think like almost like literally everyone in this game is going to have a better offensive game too with maybe the possible exception of Kobe White. Like yeah. everyone else will have a better offensive game too than they had in game 1. Yep. That's it. You're right. Yeah. I think the big stat for me is Giannis was plus 19 and the Bucks won by seven. So that means they were minus 12 yeah. when he wasn't on the floor. And there was one run good in the one. fourth quarter with one. like four or five minutes to go where Milwaukee didn't have Giannis on the floor and I think either pushed or added the lead a little. But, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? It's the rest of Milwaukee did not play well in game one and pretty much no one played well other than Kobe White for the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder I- if the Bulls – go ahead, Funston. No, go ahead. Stay on topic because I was going. I was going tangential. So. Okay, I, I do wonder if the Bulls like feel like after that game one, like they stumbled upon a formula for pulling off the upset. Like you know, like teams know the the truth. The Bulls know that the Bucks are a much better team 
than they are. And maybe they stumbled onto, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can turn this into a, you know, an early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s playoff series and try to grind out these 95 to 92 games. And so that maybe worries me a little bit, but I just, the, the problem is that even if that's their idea, which I'm not saying it is, I don't think they can do it. No, I don't either. Well, I was just looking, I just was while you guys were talking, Giannis is, his points uh, over under is 31 and a half. He's been under in four or five against the Bulls and including 27 in the first game. So, and mm-hmm. his, it is over was 34. So it wasn't way over. It's kind of makes you, I mean, it, make, it speaks to maybe they are, you know, really kind of like concentrating on keeping Giannis down. Um, and, and maybe the under on Giannis again is not a bad play. But uh, my point was going to be when you brought up the plus minus, I, it's completely tangential. But did you see Steph's plus minus in 22 minutes? In the game against Denver, the game two. Oh boy! Plus thirty-two, plus thirty-two <laughs> in twenty-two minutes of play. That was insane. That was. I mean, thank you, Funston. Fun, damn, we owe Funston a, a big thank you. Yeah, he shot for, seventeen times in twenty-two minutes and got it. You know, ten three three-point attempts yes, and yes, got thank five you, of them. Thank you for highlighting that three and a, over three and it. a half plus one forty. Well, my whole too. my whole narrative there was that he was going to get more minutes than the first game, which he did. He got one more minute. One more than the, minute. There you go. <laughs> Uh, when you're when you're Steph, you know that's just yeah. that's how that's uh, that's all they needed him for. Really. Unbelievable. I mean, can we just pl- like please get a Phoenix Golden State series? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm there yeah. for it. That would be that would be a hell of a basketball series. We're not going to get that in Bucks Bulls, but hopefully we'll get that down the line in the Western Conference Finals. Those are our plays for Wednesday NBA playoff games. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Best on Board. For Bunston, for Dan, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. Talk to you soon.